Percy, there's so much said about having joy in one's life, but is there a difference between having joy versus being happy? You know what, Wayne, this is a very good question. And I don't think that people have really thought about this, but yes, sir, as usual, you are correct, my friend. <laughs> joy is a spiritual force that abides within one's being from the life force of Jehovah God, not one's external circumstances. Therefore, happiness, on the other hand, is predicated on what happens, good or bad, to us, hmm. and therefore can greatly fluctuate from one extreme to another. Let's talk about the power of joy today. We're going to hear from a guest, a woman who says the joy given to her was not for her alone. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, National Director of Specialized Outreach at City of Hope. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're going to talk about that title for a moment. That's uh, that's a new title for you, isn't it? It is. And with regard to, as we've been talking about for several shows now, uh, the new sponsorship of City of Hope uh, that, you know, has amalgamated with Cancer Treatment Centers of America, uh, came some other responsibilities and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I am grateful for that be, to be able to reach a, a much larger audience and so that title is Specialized Outreach, and that includes uh, other communities, the Hispanic community, you know, the Asian community, as just as we've been reaching out to the faith community. And so I'm grateful because everyone is impacted by cancer, right, Wayne? So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and the ability to speak to those communities in an effective way that feels germane and authentic to them is important. And it's important to me as well, because uh, the God that we serve is the God of the universe and everybody that's in it. So uh, that is uh, providing uh, more opportunity to be able to speak and communicate with larger numbers of people around the conversation and topic of yeah. cancer. Well, I know I've been giving that uh, new title here on the program for a few weeks now, but I wanted to bring attention to it because a listener wrote in to us to say from Norristown, Pennsylvania, Reverend Percy, just want to say congratulations on your elevation. May God continue to richly bless you and all that you do to bring him glory. Nice. Well, and and God and God is to be glorified, that is for sure. Because again, uh, I was taught this very early on from a ministerial perspective that we need to be mindful of the fact that when God gives you assignment with people, over people, or around people, that means that he can trust you with his people. Right. And so not to mishandle and abuse uh his people because uh they're the sheep of his pasture, as the scripture would say. And so mm -hmm. Uh, as we represent the love and the faith and the hope of our God uh, to the sheep of his pasture, we want to be conscious of of doing due diligence. And so I am grateful and I feel privileged. Thank you so much from Norristown, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. uh, that means the world to me. Thank you so much. Yeah. A corollary truth to what you just said is that God never calls us to do something without equipping us, even though we may feel inadequate. He gives us the strength and the, uh, and the necessary tools to do it. So I think he's done that with you, Percy. It's very obvious. So thank you for that comment, uh, Pennsylvania. If you'd like to send your comment or question to us, you can do it through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's uh, let's quote a psalm here to open our discussion today. Mm -hmm. So spiritual nugget for today, Psalm 16, chapter 16, verse 11, uh, will fit very nicely with regard to the, to the joy-themed discussion that we're going to have. And that is this, 
you being God, you will show me. Notice who's going to do the showing here. Not your circumstances, not your <laughs> environment, not your job, not your husband, not your wife. You, God, will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And that is going to be so important today as we listen to this conversation. We'll meet Sylvia Jones in a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. According to the National Cancer Institute, approximately 39% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetime. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today as a consequence. To address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you are a pastor or leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining this network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. Here's what you do. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, and I am back with another compelling conversation. You know, the cancer pastor, and that's what we talk about on this show, cancer and how individuals who have walked the journey, uh, who have survived uh, the highs, the lows, the good and bad. And today we have an exciting guest. Her name is Sylvia Jones. Uh, She's been married for 31 years. She's a dentist by profession, but she was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer uh, on on two kind of separate occasions. And she'll tell that story a little bit uh, in 2017 and then in 2021, initially uh, lobular breast cancer and then with ductal breast cancer, where she ultimately... uh, had a double mastectomy. We're going to talk about that. And she received chemotherapy, uh, Herceptin, uh, and all that went into that. Welcome to the show today, my dear. How are you? And welcome to the to this platform. Great. Thanks for having me. And I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm doing good. I am very uh, grateful for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, of course, you were recommended to me by uh, your friend Yolanda Perry, a friend of the show who we have uh, interviewed, I think, on a couple of occasions. And she has just flooded me with uh, contacts of individuals who have uh, experienced cancer to some degree or another. And that's how you and I were connected one to another. So uh, to this platform, let's get right into this. First and foremost, as I always start, uh, the day, the day that you heard that you had cancer, that you were told that you had cancer, where were you, how did you feel, and how did you react when you were told you have cancer? I was at home, and because uh, when I saw the doctor's name on my cell phone, I knew he was calling with the results. Okay. And he said, "Miss Jones, uh, unfortunately... From uh, our results from the test, you are um, positive for uh, breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. So how did I feel? Mm -hmm. I felt surprised, but not. Okay. might seem weird. No, not at all. Um. Based on my years of the journey, yeah, 
1995 was my very first experience with something going on with my breast. And I was definitely intentional about following up. So in 1995, I was 20 something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I wasn't able to have a mammogram then. However, from that state of Missouri to back to Texas, I followed up. So surprised, but not. Okay. Because I was tracking, I had markers in my breasts. I had had biopsies. I had been intentional about taking care of my body. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting, we were talking before we started recording, and and this is an amazing piece of your story, that the way that you ultimately was connected to your breast surgeon, because you had a, a double mastectomy, we're going to talk about it in just a second, was as a result of, in 2011, your 11, your daughter, who was 16 at the time, I believe, found a non-malignant uh, lump in her breast. And as a result, the, the doctor or the surgeon that she uh, was attended to by then became your breast surgeon later on down the line when you were diagnosed with cancer, correct? Correct. And the year I was diagnosed was the year he was retiring. Ah. So I was diagnosed in April of 20, 20 March of 2021. Okay. Had surgery in April 2021 and he was to retire in May of 2021. Wow. So when I got that diagnosis in March, I said, "Oh my gosh, yeah. you're going to retire." He yeah. said, "Not until we're done." Okay. Okay. So I would imagine that gave you some a, a level of comfort, familiarity, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's important. And, you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this because I, I, I endorse this all the time. It's important who, who your doctor is because you need to feel comfortable with that doctor. You need to have a relationship if you can. And, and you know, and for people who don't feel that, they should seek a second or third opinion to make sure that they are engaging with someone from a healthcare level that they are comfortable with and who they feel like will be attentive to their needs. And so it sounds like that was the situation for you. Absolutely. Because he took care of my baby. Yeah. My daughter. Yeah. She, she's not the youngest, not yeah. in that order, but she's my child. God gave me my gift and he was highly recommended in 2011. So of course he, he was good for her. He was going to be good for me. Right. And I, he transferred all of my records and all my information to him once he was her okay. surgeon. Got it. Let's talk about the obvious, and this is always part of top of mind of conversation, particularly for breast cancer patients and women. Uh, you had a double mastectomy. Uh, you also, you and I talked before we started recording about hair loss. Let's talk about, um, you know, the significance for you as a woman of body image change. You know, you had a new normal now. You know, and how did you process that and how did you manage through that? And I'm curious, if you don't mind, how did your husband manage and process through that? Because spouses are impacted as well uh, with regard to the impact of cancer, particularly when we talk about, you know, body image changes and so on and so forth. You've been married for 33 years. How how did you guys, ma did you have a conversation? Did you talk about it? What Talk about it a little bit. Okay. My self-image. Um I look like my mother, yeah. first of all. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was that has always been a part of me. And um my my self-image, because I could see a reflection of someone that I looked like sure. was always positive. Yeah. Um, and you know, I thought my mom was beautiful, of course. Sure. And so 
I thought I was beautiful. No yeah. one had to tell me it was just in my lived experience. Uh-huh. So that was good. And so that part of myself or self-esteem was not based on someone else giving it to me. It was just as a as a little girl, yeah. I could could, you know, look at my mom and she changed her hair all the time. Right. So I changed my hair all the time. And so I married a beautiful man, a kind, a funny guy uh, who said to me, because uh, my hair being short wasn't an issue because I cut my hair back in 1995 from long to short. Okay. And his mother said, why did you do that? Uh-huh. Both of our mothers were attached to long hair. Okay. And I had that. But my husband said, I like you. Wow. So he said that in 1995. So now we fast forward. You know, I had cut it many different times sure. since then. But from not being in control of hair, of the style I was going to have, and, and to ball. actually be ball, yeah. and I was ball. One daughter joined the journey and I have three daughters. Um, and my husband said, I like you. Praise God. That is and huge. he was bald too. Yeah. So okay. Okay. This was bald together, and that was a lot of fun. And he he just said, I like you. And well, now if you're gonna ask me about the breast part of that, that's the hair. Now the breast, that's totally different, right? Because if I had a reduction, which I did in 2017, I had an attitude about my reduction actually, because that was suggested by my pain management physician who was dealing with me on something else um, on uh, another diagnosis. And she said, well, have you ever considered uh, a reduction. I said, absolutely not. Women are paying for breasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need my breasts reduced. No. However, a daughter, my youngest, who doesn't have a, a shape or physique like me. Okay. Said, Mom, you should really consider that. Okay. So I listened to her. I prayed about it. And then I got the reduction. But look at God. He exposed the 2017 diagnosis of the uh, area in the lump that they took out in the, yeah. Wow. That is is amazing. It really is amazing. And and you're right. Uh, There's a lot there to have to digest and process. And sounds like you've done very well with that. And and thank God for the reaction and the response and the support of your husband. Because unfortunately, I've known of, of, of spouses on both sides of the track, when men have had prostate cancer and they've had issues and when women have had breast cancer, that their spouses said that they couldn't handle it, that, that you know, that that was not what they signed up for. And thank God uh, that was not your experience. So shout out uh, to Mr. Jones. Shout out to Mr. Jones. And so uh, and to your and to your daughter as, as well. So you, you, you move forward, you know, and you're, you're working through your process. Uh, how did how did cancer change you? Did it change you in any way? And how did it? Absolutely. Absolutely it changed me in the sense that of course I was me and I I most of the time am a positive thinker, positive speaker, yeah. like speak life. I'm I'm usually now I'm overboard. <laughs> and I uh intentionally said we're gonna have a theme. Okay. And we had a theme and you know, Holy Spirit was our theme. How are we going to move in this space? This is not something that got by you. So how how are we going to move? What you want to do? So joy became our 
theme. I went to Hobby Lobby. I got the letters J-O-Y. I decorated a little bit, okay. put it on the fireplace mantle. When you walk in the house, you see the word joy. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to have. So it changed my understanding of joy comes in the morning. Yeah. And every morning, every morning, I will wake up with joy. I will speak life. I will have joy mm. every morning, not some mornings. Uh, no, I wake up, I smile. You know, you send those endorphins up in your brain and then you can have, you know, this energy yeah. already. Right. I wasn't doing that. Yep. Now I'm intentionally doing that. Yeah. It changed me in the sense that I thought I was uh, a strong person. Mm -hmm. I had two natural childbirths mm -hmm. and I was, woo, yay. They was like, go. this strength was given by God. And of course, that was also, I didn't identify it like that. This time yeah. to move through this journey, through this experience, through this situation, through this valley, uh -huh. through this. Ain't nothing but God yeah. can get you through. This is, he is my strength. He is my strong tower. He is the one who will see me through. And I knew then physically and mentally, God was the reason I could go through. And what I love. And yeah, and what I love about it is, and and I think that you're 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 really right on point, because in many cases we we tend to just kind of skip through life, not really being intentional about living uh, on a certain level. And and what I heard you say was this experience really shifted you as a person in terms of being very intentional every day to wake up with joy, and allow that to be you know the wind beneath your wings while you're receiving your medical treatment, and your medical care. And I really, really, really appreciate that because it talks about, again, the balance of, of medicine and science and faith and spirituality and how they can work together and that one does not have to be mutually compromised for the other. And uh, today, you're, you know, you're here with no evidence of disease. Uh, you know, you are alive and well on planet Earth and you are doing uh, amazing things. Having said that, uh, one of the other things that you you did tell me that you what you learned from your cancer journey was that a bunches of love given and received, uh, and again, as you said, a strength and and a courage. Um, where where was the source of love? Obviously, your husband, your children. Were there any other areas of 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 love that just kind of buoyed you through this process? Yes, of course, you know, you have your friend group, you have your tribe, um, you have people around you. Yeah. But be, and however, beyond that, people were sending the my daughter's created caring bridge. Uh -huh. That's how people could communicate, yep. uh, know where I was and uh, what was happening. And uh, they were like, Mom, so-and-so said this, Mom, you know, and I was like, wow, that's my friend from. Yeah. So people still caring about me and sending prayers, people making dinner for my family okay. that new friends. Yeah. yeah. I met my, one of my, this new friend. Oh, and she could cook good. <laughs> my, my daughter, her, no, her son and my daughter 
we're going to go to college together. So we went to a little reunion where I met her. I said, hey, how are you? Okay, maybe they want to ride together. She became my friend. She and her husband started doing things with my husband. I knew friends. Yeah, yeah. She made us dinner. Wow. It's bunches of love. Then someone told me that they were praying for me. And I was like, wonder why she was praying. She said, I said, well, who told you? She said, well, your friend. So my friend's friends were praying for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, look at God. Yeah, yeah. Just so much love, just uh, bunches of love and overflow, men and women. Um, Yes, my husband is a pastor. Of course, I married a firefighter. Okay. (laughs) Whoever listened to this is going to say, there she go. (laughs) I got to tell people about this, that that journey. But any who they, men and women, from everywhere well, around. Praise God. And and again, the takeaway for me is again having having that community, having that having groups of people. Because sometimes for people with cancer and will transition as and will close, sometimes seclude themselves and close themselves off. And they really cut off, uh, I think, a blessing to them in terms of being able to receive the love and the compassion that people are willing to give under certain circumstances. And so I'm so glad that you were able to do that. Having said all of that, and again, I think that there's more for us to talk about. And I think we're going to record a second session because I want to dig into some other things with you. Uh, you know, what is it that gives you hope today that keeps you moving forward and, and, and intentional as you wake up every day with this, with this, this joy-themed life that you live? Oh, Pastor McCray. <laughs> I'm just gonna say one thing from what you just said. I tell everybody all the time, I don't have any business. My my mm. testimonies are free. Okay. I'm free. You can say my name or not say my name. Yeah. How you know how we have to say, okay, well, I can share this, but I can't tell you who it right. say my name. Okay. Tell somebody okay. that Jesus saved me and healed and delivered me, right? Yeah. So what gives me hope? I'm convinced that this hope that I have was not for me. Mm. It was given to me because I'm going to give God the glory. Yeah. I'm going to tell somebody. So I have hope that if he did it for me, I can be your hope. Yeah. Yeah. I if if you see me or hear my voice, you can say, Well, he did it for her. He could do it for me. Right. I pray I'm the hope and I'm the light that all things are possible. Right? Yep. And uh, I I said this, I got this for I have to give a shout out to my daughters. They keep me current. Okay. My act was a whole mood. <laughs> so there is hope in if if you if you don't have a positive attitude, having the opportunity to change it, having the opportunity to grow in that space of being, um, I don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know, right? But God knows, and just just be open. And willing to receive and give love, open and willing to receive to do something different, open and willing to bring joy to the places you're going to go on behalf of giving God the glory. Because it's not about me. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, that that uh, joy that I have, that I had and I have, 
was given so that I can share it with others. So my hope is built in all of that. Wow. Today, you have heard from the one and only Sylvia Jones. Uh, She says she created an atmosphere of intentional joy in her life when she was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, back in 2017 and then in 2021, had a double mastectomy, received chemotherapy, uh, had some body image changes that took place, and she made the decision uh, that she was moving forward and that the best was still yet to come, and she is still alive and well. Uh, no evidence of disease, and we thank God uh, for you, Sylvia. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to have another conversation. I want to talk about some other things that I think is near and dear to your heart. But for today, this segment, thank you, my dear, for your time. Thank you for your testimony, and thank you for your intentionality of living a joy-themed life. Take care. Thank you so much. You too. What a pleasure to meet Sylvia Jones on the program here today. We'll talk more with Percy about that conversation in a moment. With locations in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona, City of Hope is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We are always inspired by the people that you find to bring to this program, Percy. We meet such interesting people. Sylvia certainly is one of them. She certainly is. As a dentist by vocation and uh, and a pastor's wife, you know, she she brought to the table again a conversation, and we haven't had a lot of discussion on some of the shows here around. And as a two time cancer patient, about intentionally being joyful. You know, she had the same surgeon as her daughter, mm-hmm. who was about to retire, and he told her and promised her, "I'm not retiring until I make sure uh, that that you are situated from a surgical perspective," and oversaw that process. Uh, and, and, you know, she talked about, you know, having short hair and how her husband yeah. reacted and responded. To I, I loved his response. I like you, he said. <laughs> Husbands, listen up. That's that's a great way to respond. That is a good way to respond. And may may it be true for all of us in our relationships at the end of the day. Uh, but but the big takeaway from this conversation, obviously, Wayne, was her intentionality around creating a theme of joy during her journey. Mm. Basically, she said, and she predetermined that we, I am going to have joy while in the midst of this journey. Yeah. And you know what, Percy, the joy that she exhibited just in that conversation with you just now, uh, I'd like to be like that person, you know, and I, you are that person many times. I've seen that in you. Well, I, I appreciate that. And 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 the, the great dynamic here is, you know, based upon our opening comment about the difference between joy and happiness. And and particularly for those of us who are tapped into our faith and our relationship with God, it's very important to understand the distinction between the two because from one moment to the next or from one day to the next, 
things that happen to us can certainly affect our mood and our emotions, right? Yeah, circumstances affect our happiness, but not our joy. That's exactly right. That's why the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so uh, understanding where our joy comes from, the source of, of joy is from God, not from our environment and not from who we are. And in this particular case, that's what we heard loud and clear uh, of this individual who was dealing with cancer for the second time. And she said, listen, I just predetermined that in my mind, I was going to be joyful, which means she had to tap into her spiritual resource right. and not necessarily the environment around her to maintain that disposition. Yeah. It was so meaningful to me when Sylvia made the statement that I can be hope to mm. someone else. Well, you talk about a calling in life. You know, what a, what a perspective. Well, I, I, you know, being a pastor's wife probably uh, has helped to aid and assist her disposition a little bit. But, right. but at the end of the day, uh, clearly she has tapped into uh, her spiritual, again, toolbox, sure. you know, and all that comes with it. Right. You know, anybody who has ever been a handyman or or a craftsman, you know, it really matters what kind of tools you have in your toolbox. And so sure. uh, she pulled out those resources that allowed her and, and again, to be hope for others. And to represent hope to others, again, at the end of the day, uh, is is vital. She said that the, this experience taught her just to be open and willing to receive and give love and hope and be willing to receive something different, but all coming out of the wellspring of joy and deciding to be hope for others that would see her. And I, I, she made an amazing statement. She said, you know, I don't have any business. You know, I'm not hiding anything. My testimony is free. It's an open book to share with anyone about my journey. What an amazing disposition, right? And keep in mind, this is a woman who suffered a double mastectomy. And, and if anybody got a pass on being hope for someone else, she should get that pass, right? Yeah, she, absolutely. She doesn't accept it. She yeah, wants and to be not hope. only her, her daughter also has has had a battle, uh, healthcare battle with cancer. So with that being said, I think that she is a, 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 the poster can be a poster child for being hopeful, for having joy in the midst of negative circumstances and challenges. And again, I reiterate, there is a difference between being happy versus yeah. having joy. And yeah. that is what we heard today. Well, we have not scheduled it yet, but in the future, we're going to hear again from Sylvia. You've you've already recorded a conversation with her that will come up on a on a future podcast, right? That is correct. She had so much to say. And so, you know, I'm learning that when, when individuals really have a wellspring of information, uh, I just simply record another show because there's so much to glean from so many of these stories and testimonies. And that certainly was true. And we'll be blessed when we hear uh, that next conversation that'll be coming down the pipeline yep. at some point. Anyone who's going through a cancer journey right now, we know it's very tough for a lot of people, but maybe we can adopt this attitude that she she enunciated. I created an atmosphere of intentional joy during my cancer journey. That's exactly right. So again, there was a, a decision that was made. And how often, Wayne, do we relegate ourselves to just being responsive to, to the dynamics of our life versus understanding the power of a choice, choosing to be something, choosing to act a certain way. And isn't that true that what we should know from a, a spiritual perspective and with our alignment and our relationship with God, that there are, there are things that we have the right to choose to be, to do, and to function from, because uh, as the scripture says, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have a strength and an ability that transcends our natural ability 
to be overcomers in almost every circumstance in our life. And that is indeed the message here. And it's important to tap into that. One of the things that can rob us of that joy is fear. And you've written a resource called Victory Over Fear that we'd like to make available to our listeners today. It's our featured resource at the website. Yeah, fear. uh, I wrote this uh, particular resource with the dynamic of I had an image and a vision in my head of all of the horror movies, right? And they're, and they're all the same, that when people are overcome with sudden fear, they get paralyzed. They just stand there. They don't know what to do. And, and, and in many cases, as I've said, uh, in the Jason movies, if Jason was chasing Percy McRae, he would have to do exactly that. He would have to chase me. I'm not going to stand there and let him put an axe in the middle of my head. He's going to have to run me down first. And I can run a lot faster. Spoiler scared. alert. Yeah, I, can run, I can run a lot faster scared than he can crazy. So with that being said, uh, he have to catch me. Well, the same thing is true when we turn around and understand that whatever is trying to paralyze us, which is what fear tries to do, it tries to immobilize us from moving and, and 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 keeping in a direction. And so this document is designed and this resource is designed to help empower people to work over the paralyzing and immobilizing dynamics that fear tries to produce in our life. Fear is a reality. Fear will happen to any and every one of us, but how do we react and respond to that fear really does make a difference in what we do and how we function in that situation. If fear is what you're struggling with right now, go to the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, four words, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and download this resource, Victory Over Fear. Hey, would you read Psalm 1611 to us again? Yeah, it really will make sense now, won't it? So uh, our spiritual nugget is you, you being God, will show me the path of life. How interesting is it that this this psalm is telling us where to get the direction of our life from, not from our horoscope and not from uh, people, places, or things. You will show me the path of life and in your presence. See, getting into the presence of God, which is a spiritual environment that, that allows us to be buoyed in negative circumstances, in your presence is fullness of joy. How many times, Wayne, When we've taken a time out to pray, meditate, get still, get into the presence of God and shut out the noise that's trying to uh, encompass us, that there is an environment and a dynamic of peace and joy and comfort that we can tap into regardless of the dynamics around us. And so that is exactly uh, what we heard today. And we want everyone to be encouraged around the fact that you can tap into the joy of the Lord, which is your strength despite what may be happening around you. Thank you for that, Percy. And before the release of our next episode, make use of our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You'll find resources there like Victory Over Fear and other resources as well, healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, Percy, time to wrap it up this time. Yeah, with that being said, we've got work to do. So joyfully go out and chop some wood. Keep chopping the wood, guys. We got work to do. God bless. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. 
Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.